Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we are going to be breaking down this Week 15 slate in the NFL for daily fantasy purposes. It is our weekly DFS preview. We're going to talk about a little bit of what went right, what went wrong last week. Uh, Then we're going to get into a few categories. We're going to do kind of, you know, switching this thing up as we go week to week, trying to figure out what I can do to give you guys the best information to help you build out your DFS lineups. So we're going to do the top three studs, top three values, top three dart throws, top three tight ends, and top three stacks that you can put into your lineups this week. Now, after hearing all the information on this podcast, if you want to check out my full DFS lineups, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Our lineups are running real good on there. We've been doing really well in college basketball and NFL lineups were really good last week. And we also got college football lineups on there for the upcoming bowl season. So check that out if you want my full lineups. Also, make sure you're following me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. Get into a lot of stats and facts that I don't always get to here on the podcast. And I'd be more than happy to answer any lineup or start sit questions. Now, this is our last episode here for the week, but this is the best time of year in terms of sports. We've got a lot of things going on. we got NFL, college football, bowl season, college basketball, NBA, and I'm covering it all here on Mike's Money Picks. So if you play college football DFS, make sure you check out the podcast feed. I've got college football episodes for Friday's games and Saturday's games and college basketball content and NBA content coming up periodically as well. So as NFL season kind of starts to wind down a little bit, if you play any other sports, we've got you covered here on Mike's Money Picks. All right, enough talking. Let's go ahead and get into our preview. But first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. So let's start off by talking about last week. So looking at last week's action, the game to stack ended up definitely being Jaguars-Titans. And all of the winning, like the big-time winning lineups, had uh, Trevor Lawrence and Evan Ingram stacks. And, you know, a lot of people last week, myself included, were proponents of stacking Christian Kirk in that lineup. And it ended up being uh, a Zay Jones week more than a Christian Kirk week. But still, the Jag stack was the way to go. And believe it or not, at the tight end position, you could have found your way cashing if you didn't have Evan Ingram. If you had Chig Okonkwo of the Titans in that game, he's had a really good string of recent weeks. Also, the Vikings-Lions game, which was kind of the chalkier game to stack players from, ended up being pretty good for stacks. Personally, I had a really good day with a Kirk Cousins stack that had Jefferson and Thielen. And um, the one thing that brought that together, though, if you wanted to cash with a Vikings stack or a Lions stack, you had to be different somewhere else. And the two ways that that seemed to happen last week, and I had both of these guys, was Jerry Judy and Miles Sanders. You know, Jerry Judy playing without Cortland Sutton against the Chiefs um, was in a really good spot. And Miles Sanders against the Giants' run defense that has been pretty porous over the last few weeks was in a good spot as well. So um, last week, really good week for us here. A lot of our picks that we talked about on the podcast did pretty well. Um, A few did not, but more more often than not, they did well. And so it was a really good week for us on DraftKings and FanDuel. So now let's get into this week. And let's talk about the top three studs. So these are guys that are over $6,000 on DraftKings that I want to pay up and put into my lineup. Now, these three that I've got this week are not actually like really top of the board players. More on that later. But here are the three guys that I really want to find ways to get into my lineup this week. The first one is James Conner of the Arizona Cardinals. He has 23 fantasy points in three of his last four. If you listen to my podcast yesterday, which was more kind of... Um, 
set up for season-long fantasy as opposed to DFS. You know I'm a proponent of starting James Conner this week. He's been really good in the three games that Colt McCoy has played. Now, digging deeper a little bit, he's had a 91% snap percentage for the Cardinals' backfield since Eno Benjamin got cut. That means that pretty much he is the only back that's getting work. He is the only back that's um, contributing at all, pretty much. And look at the Denver defense. Denver's really stout on the outside, but they just gave up a huge receiving week to Jarek McKinnon of the Chiefs. And to me, there's no reason that James Conner can't get at least, I don't know, maybe five catches for 50 yards out of the backfield and give you a bonus 10 points in addition to what he does on the ground. So James Conner is one of my studs this week. Second up is Amon Ross St. Brown. So this is a more of a, I think that I'm going to zig when others zag because I think that a lot of people that are playing DFS this week are going to see, oh, he's up against the Jets. He's going up against Sauce Gardner. Uh, nope, not playing Amon Ra St. Brown. I actually think this is still a decent spot for Amon Ra. So Amon Ra operates mostly from the slot. And that is where the Jets are most vulnerable, in my opinion. That Their defense, when you look at all their metrics, they are not as good at defending the slot as they are defending everywhere else. So I think that the slot is the spot that they could be had. And so I think that Amon Ra, he's still going to get his targets. He's still going to get his catches. Finding the end zone might be a little tougher against this Jets defense because it will be a lower scoring game. And it's on the road. It's in uh, New Jersey, not in the confines of Ford Field. So... I still think this is a great pivot where others will not play him. Remember with Amon Ra, he's been like incredibly good. Like he should be priced so much more than he is. When he has not been on the injury report or left a game early this season, he's averaged 24.7 fantasy points. Like that's like Cooper Cup territory pretty much. And he's fully healthy this week. And like I said, even though he draws that tough defense, I think he's in a spot where he individually can still shine this week. The last one is Keenan Allen. So Keenan Allen has 14 targets in back-to-back weeks. If you thought that Mike Williams coming back was going to hurt Keenan Allen's value, it hasn't. If anything, Mike Williams coming back has increased the value of Justin Herbert without detracting from the value of Keenan Allen. The types of targets that Williams is getting are not the targets that would have been going to Keenan Allen. Now, since he returned from injury four weeks ago, Keenan Allen has 19 expected fantasy points per game. And in actuality, he scored around 17 points per game. So he's kind of been getting a little unlucky. And I think that this week is a really good week to cash in on that luck because the Titans are a very soft matchup for wide receivers. All right, let's now do our top three value plays. So these three value plays are three guys that are $5,500 or below on DraftKings. All right, first one is Marquise Brown. So... This is another one like Amon Ross St. Brown where everybody's going to look and see the Denver defense and see that they're top five against receivers and see that Colt McCoy is playing and be like, nope, no Marquise Brown for me this week. I actually think this is a really good spot to play him with low ownership. So believe it or not, Marquise Brown leads the Cardinals in expected fantasy points per game since returning from injury. He's gotten a lot of targets. He's just you know, been unlucky with some inaccurate throws. He's had a few drops, and he hasn't really gotten in the end zone recently. So I think he's been a little unlucky and I think he will be able to see some positive regression here in this one. And I think that much like the Jets that I talked about earlier, Denver can be had from the slot. And that is where Marquise Brown is pretty much exclusively running his routes right now. So Marquise Brown is one of my value plays at $5,500 on DraftKings. Next up is Jarek McKinnon. So Jarek McKinnon, like this is a stat that if I were a receiver, like or if he were a receiver, excuse me, then I would still be okay with playing a guy at this price tag and with this stat. 
he has 18 total targets in the last three games. Like he's averaging six per game over the last three. And that pretty much coincides directly with when Clyde Edwards Hilaire got hurt. This backfield turned into a two-man committee from a three-man committee immediately right there. McKinnon is getting all the passing work and Pacheco is getting all the early down work, which is fine. That's all McKinnon needs with an offense that's as potent as Kansas City. Just being the pass catching back is a viable fantasy role. Now, that cashed in with a huge performance last week. I believe the Millionaire Maker winner lineup had Jarek McKinnon in it at the flex, which was a really, really good call. And honestly, Houston's a really good matchup for running backs. We know that. But what we also need to dig deeper and see is that they're a good matchup for running backs on the ground and running backs through the air. So, it, you know, when you look at that, it's a good matchup for Pacheco. I talked about that yesterday on the podcast. And it's a really good matchup for McKinnon, who does most of his damage through the air. So, Jarek McKinnon is one of my value plays this week. The third value play, I'm actually going to have to put a slash for. Um, because these two guys are, uh, I wouldn't recommend both of them. I'm recommending one of them a contingent on the other being injured. And so, that is Nico Collins and Chris Moore. So if Nico Collins plays and Brandon Cooks does not, Nico Collins has been outstanding in that situation this year. He has 19 combined targets in his last two games without Brandon Cooks. Now, when Nico Collins missed the game against the Cowboys, Chris Moore stepped right into that role, had 11 targets and a 41% target share in that game where both Collins and Cooks were out. I do not expect Brandon Cooks to play this week. So one of these guys is going to be playable. Make sure you're checking the injury report. And they're about the same price. Collins, if he plays, is a really good play. And if he doesn't play, Chris Moore, in my opinion, is a really good play. They're going up against the really soft secondary of the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're going to have to be throwing because they're going to be trailing. So I definitely think this is a good spot for either Nico Collins or Chris Moore. All right, so that does it for the top three value plays. Let's now switch it up with a new category this week called the top three dart throws. But first, let's take a quick breather. All right, so this new category is called the top three dart throws. So these are guys that are under $4,000 on DraftKings that are long shots, but they're long shots with some serious upside and potential to win you a week or get you into the money or just guys that can save you a lot of salary. And, you know, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. And so I've got three of these guys this week. The first one is going to be Quez Watkins of the Philadelphia Eagles. So Quez Watkins has at least 5.9 fantasy points in five straight games, and he has double digits in three of those five games. So you're looking at a guy who's been consistently involved in the offense. He is the fastest player on the Philadelphia Eagles, and all it would take is one catch for him to pay it off. And honestly, the Bears, they're a team that can let the deep ball get to him. Remember how good Tyreek Hill and Jalen Wallace did against him a few weeks ago? So I think that this is a spot where Quez Watkins can definitely get loose for one or two deep balls, and that would instantly pay off his salary and instantly put you in a good position with a guy that's that cheap that has that potential. Nelson Aguilar is second on the list. So the Patriots this week are potentially, not for certain, but potentially missing Jacoby Myers and Devontae Parker. And if those two guys miss, then Nelson Aguilar would become kind of the de facto number one wide receiver, which is a role that he hasn't had very often in his career. But I think that the opportunity, if there this week, makes him very viable on FanDuel and DraftKings. The Raiders are one of the worst pass defenses in the league. We go over that on a weekly basis. And another thing, looking up some coverage stats. This is courtesy of Fantasy Points, the website. Um, Aguilar excels against cover one. 
He has over 60% of his production this season from teams running cover one against the Patriots. And he's only ran that he's only ran routes against cover one about 25% of the time. So he is greatly outperforming against cover one. And guess what? Y'all probably see where I'm going with this. The Raiders run cover one at the third highest rate in the league. So I think this is a very good coverage matchup for Nelson Aguilar. I think that the Raiders are still a bad pass defense. And so I think that this is a really good spot for Nelson Aguilar. And he could be a really high upside play this week on FanDuel and DraftKings. Third value this week is going to be Olamide Zacchaeus of the Atlanta Falcons. So he's become a full-time player for the Falcons. Like he's out there on pretty much every snap. He's in over 80% of the snaps for the last four weeks. And he's been second in target share for the Falcons since Kyle Pitts' injury. So you're looking at a guy who is second on his team in target share, and he's under $4,000 on DraftKings. Like that's a pretty good value there. Now, I know that there's a little bit of concern with Desmond Ritter. I get that, you know, quarterback in his first start. But, hey, maybe, just maybe, Ritter and Zacchaeus have a little chemistry. We don't know that yet. But for under $4,000 on DraftKings, I'm certainly willing to give that a shot. And if you need to plug in a punt play or, like I'm calling it, a dart throw this week, Olamide Zacchaeus is a guy that's going to be on the field, and he's a guy that is going to get some targets. Um, it's just whether or not it actually turns in anything. And I think that he has a chance to do that this week with new quarterback Desmond Ritter and against the New Orleans Saints. Then you got to remember about a new quarterback playing. The Saints don't have any film on Desmond Ritter in the National Football League. They only have film on him from Cincinnati, which is a totally different situation than what he's in right now. So if the Saints don't know what to expect out of Ritter, then that gives the Falcons offense a little advantage for this one time only if Ritter is actually that guy. So we'll get to see this week. And like I said, Zacchaeus, for the price point, is a solid, solid value. All right, now let's do top three tight ends. So top three tight ends this week. The first one is going to be Gerald Everett. So much like I talked about with Keenan Allen, he had eight targets last week, even when Mike Williams was back. So Mike Williams targets are not eating into Gerald Everett targets. They're different types of targets. Now, he has an even better matchup against Tennessee than he had last week against Miami. Tennessee just gave up 42 DraftKings fantasy points to Evan Ingram. So that's a position where the Titans can't really cover the tight end. Right. So um, Gerald Everett is definitely worth a look and he is going to give you a really good value this week at the tight end position. Second up is Greg Dulcich of the Denver Broncos. Look, I say this every week, death, taxes, play your tight ends against the Cardinals. And this week, it happens to be Greg Dulcich. I do not care if it is Brett Rippon or Russell Wilson. In fact, Brett Rippon, I don't even know if that's a downgrade. But I think that either way, Greg Dulcich against the Cardinals is a matchup that we really need to exploit. So we've talked all season about how bad the Cardinals are against tight ends. I found a metric this week that is even more staggering on how bad they've been. So I've talked before about schedule-adjusted fantasy points per game. So that is basically when an opponent comes in with an average points, whether they underperform or outperform that average. Tight ends against the Cardinals have outperformed their average by 6.0 fantasy points per game. So that means that Dulcich coming in, um, I do not know his exact average by heart, but I can look it up real quick. Greg Dulcich coming into this game. One second. I'm going to make sure I get the right stat here. Greg Dulcich coming into this game averages 8.8 fantasy points per game. So by the math, that would mean that you can expect him to score 14.8 against the Arizona Cardinals. Now, last tight end for the week is Chig Okonkwo of the Tennessee Titans. I mentioned him earlier. He's got five-plus targets in three straight weeks. He's starting to become a real guy in this offense. He's starting to really carve out a role, and I think that 
DraftKings and Vandal have not really adjusted his price tag a whole lot, so he's going to save you a lot of money if you go back to him this week. All right, let's now take a quick breather, and then we're going to go into the big segment that we got, which is the top three stacks of the week. All right, so here we've got the last top three of the day. So when I'm going with my stacks, remember that when you look at DraftKings and FanDuel, most of the lineups that win big contests have a quarterback and two other skill position players on that team as their primary stack. Last week, it happened to be quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So keep in mind as I'm going through this, I'm just naming the stacks I would do. If you hear something different, like last week, if you heard me talk about the Jaguars and you heard me go Lawrence, Kirk, Ingram, and you want to switch it up and you want to go Lawrence, Jones, Ingram, then by all means, go for it. And guess what? If you would have done that, you might have won some serious money. So remember that also... Most lineups that win on FanDuel and DraftKings have a bringback, and I'm going to mention those as well. A bringback is when you play a player on the opposite side of your stack. Also, another trend that I'm noticing, so be on the lookout for this as well, is that lineups that go big on DraftKings seem to have a primary stack with quarterback and then two pass catchers, and then have a secondary stack with maybe a running back and wide receiver or wide receiver tight end from a second team. So keep that in mind when you're building your lineups. And I'm going to give you a lot of options to do that because I'm going to talk about three teams that we can stack with a bring back option from each of these games. So my first stack that I want to talk about is the Chargers. So very interestingly enough with the Chargers, Justin Herbert's been great recently. And he averages six more fantasy points and wins than losses in his career. And this is a game that the Chargers have to win. Now, as a bring back, I actually like Derrick Henry as a bring back in this one, a running back bring back as opposed to a wide receiver tight end bring back, which would have worked last week against the Jaguars, I might add. So Derrick Henry averages seven more fantasy points per game than his career average against bottom seven run defenses. And you see where I'm going with this. The Chargers are one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. So I think Derrick Henry is a really solid option as a bring back. Now you're going to significantly handcuff your salary if you do this stack with Henry as the bring back though. My stack would be Herbert, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams. It would give you an average remaining of $49.50 on DraftKings and $6,083 on FanDuel. Now, obviously, that's before tight end and defense, so you can use those two positions to save yourself some salary and then spend up at the rest of your running backs and receivers. And you could also buy more salary if you used Gerald Everett at tight end as opposed to Allen or Williams. I like both Allen and Williams, though, so that's going to be tough to pick which one and then you could also save money if you go with Traylon Burks as the bring back as opposed to Derrick Henry all right second stack that I want to talk about is the Philadelphia Eagles so the concern with the Eagles this week would be that they're going up against the Bears who all they do is run the ball and they play at a slow tempo so how many snaps is Philly actually going to get well here's the thing I don't think Philly needs a lot of snaps the Bears defense is not great. They give up a lot of big plays. And when you look at the point totals, the over-unders on this slate, this game has the second highest point total on the slate. So you're looking at the Bears might actually be able to score possession for possession with Philly, and Philly's going to need to keep going, keep scoring. So that way, you know, they make sure they win because one seed's on the line. So another thing that I want to point out is 
I mentioned this on the podcast before. The Bears drastically changed their offensive scheme after the Thursday night game against Washington. There's been seven games since then. Four of those seven games have seen over 50 points scored in them. I think this could be another one, especially with the high-powered Eagles coming to town. Now, the stack for the Eagles would be Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, which would give you an average of $4,587 remaining on DraftKings and $5,933 on FanDuel. Now, you could make this cheaper by going with Dallas Goddard or Quez Watkins. Obviously, this is assuming Goddard plays. You could definitely make it cheaper by opting out for Brown or Smith with Goddard or Watkins. Now, when you're doing a bring back on this one, the Bears, honestly, their most successful fantasy player has been Justin Fields. So, um, in terms of a bring back, maybe David Montgomery. I think that David Montgomery without Khalil Herbert has seen a ton of usage, and I think that this Eagles front seven is starting to show a little bit of cracks in the run game. And maybe Chase Claypool, who has been the leader in targets for the Bears since the injury to Darnell Mooney. So I think that either of those two options um, would be your bring back if you were stacking the Eagles. All right, now let's talk about the J-E-T-S Jets. So Detroit is the best matchup for quarterbacks in the NFL. They rank 32nd in fantasy points given up to quarterbacks. Now Detroit is also playing games that have been super high scoring. They've been over 50 points total in their games in five of their last six. And one thing that's also really intriguing, I've talked before about how, you know, we can kind of find funnel spots on some of these teams where some teams are weak against the slot, some teams are weak against outside receivers, some teams are weak against tight ends. Well, guess what? The Lions are below average to receivers of all areas, but they are particularly a funnel. They're one of the worst in the league at defending the slot. Guess who's the Jets starting slot? That is Elijah Moore. So if you are doing the Jets stack, it would be Mike White, Garrett Wilson, and Elijah Moore, which would give us an average remaining of $5,833 on DraftKings and $6,600 on FanDuel. That is the cheapest stack that we've got here on this podcast. And if you add in a tight end and a defense, that is going to give you a lot of money that you can spend up elsewhere like big time. And speaking of spend up elsewhere, let's talk about the bring back. So you can bring it back with Amon Ross St. Brown or DeAndre Swift. We've talked about Amon Ross St. Brown, but DeAndre Swift in his career is a lot better in losses than wins because usually in losses, it means that the Giants are trying, or I'm sorry, not the Giants, the, G- the Lions, I almost said the Jets, the Lions are trying to claw back in these games late and they've got Smith or Swift, another Freudian slip. Let me try this sentence again. So DeAndre Swift is much better in losses than wins, usually because in losses, the Lions are trying to play catch up on the last possession or two, and they're just dumping it off to DeAndre Swift because that's an easy way to get yards. So that's why in his career, Swift is much better in losses. And if you were stacking the Jets, then you probably think that the Jets are going to win the game. Now, another thing as well is that we know the Jets are very good against outside wide receivers. Well, the two guys that I recommended as a bring back, St. Brown and Swift. St. Brown plays in the slot. Swift's a running back. So you're avoiding the you know the really tough areas of that Jets defense by playing either of those two guys. All right, I got through that segment without any slip-ups. That's good. All right, so that does it for our top three stacks of the week. Like I said, feel free to use those. Feel free to mix them up. Feel free to maybe flop them. Like maybe you could flop the Eagles stack and go with Sanders and Brown and then go with Fields and somebody else. I don't know. But those are just some offenses that I want to get exposure to this week that I want to stack. You can use them as a primary or a secondary stack. Whatever your discretion is, I'm just here to give you the options and tell you about what I like as those options. So 
That does it for this week's DFS preview. If you're wondering, wait a minute, he didn't talk about the Saturday games at all. I've got a whole podcast episode devoted to the Saturday games for DFS purposes. So make sure you check out the podcast feed and go give that a listen. Also, Bowl season is back for college football, and there's a lot of money to be made by playing DFS for the bowls. So if you're interested in playing college football DFS, again, check out the podcast feed. I've got all the episodes uploaded on there. And lastly, if you've listened to this podcast and are like, dang, this guy knows what he's talking about. I want to see how he builds his full lineups. Head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. That will let you get access to my full DFS lineups that I've been playing. And like I said, we've been running pretty good recently, so it'll definitely pay for itself sooner or later. All right. That does it for this podcast, guys. Wish everybody the best of luck in their DFS contest this week. Hopefully I gave you guys some good advice, some guys that you can get into or out of your lineups this week. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you all next time.